0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: All right. All right. We are ready to go. You are ready to go. So let's uh, let's have at her John schools here and joining me, uh, employment lawyer from Samfiru to Markin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm. In this lovely country of ours, that would be John Pankus. He's ready, uh, right here for this hour to take your calls and your emails. And beyond that, you can always reach out to John and his team. Simple, simple, 1 855 821 5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we'll use a little later on if we get some of those. And we will get to everything you need to know about medical leaves here in just a bit between the calls and emails. And we always start off with a couple things happening on your end. Johnny, The uh, the week that was times two, pal, what do you got?
2: Yes, week that was times two, lots of interesting things to talk about. And if there's anything that anyone listening is familiar, uh, it's familiar to you or familiar to someone who you who maybe you're a family member or a friend, uh, call in and and let's chat about it because that's that's what really makes it for us. That's what makes these worthwhile. So a couple situations that I've been dealing with uh, last uh, week or so. So the first situation deals with an individual who is working as a manager of a retail store. Uh, and she had been employed there for uh, 12 years and mm-hmm. continued to work for the store throughout the pandemic. And as you can imagine, like many stores at the heart of the pandemic, this store, they were located in a mall and their sales suffered immensely, especially because of the closures uh, yes. during the pandemic when they were really making no sales at all. As the store reopened and sales started to increase, there was immense pressure to increase sales and recover past losses Mm -hmm. starting in around mid 2022 she started receiving notes from head office about sales targets which progressively increased throughout the year as the store gradually started to recover some of their revenues throughout this time her manager is reporting back to uh, this manager uh, is reporting back to her direct superior uh, the regional director and felt the targets were and she felt the targets were unrealistic she explains this to her direct superior. She says, I don't think I'm going to attain these. I need some more marketing support. You know, she tried to reason with them, but she really just hit a wall. There was no discussion to be had, other than lots of talk about we're all a team, we have to pull through this together, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when the warning started. <sighs> Verbal warning, written warning, final written warning. And when the warning started, that's when she reached out to me because she was a listener of this show. And she knows what happens when a company's giving you warnings, they're probably getting ready to let you go. And I helped walk her through how to respond to these warnings to reiterate the concerns she stated before to put her concerns on record. And sure enough, just as you may guess, eventually her employment was terminated and the company alleged just cause with no severance. And they relied on the written warnings. and They stated that her employment was terminated as a result of poor performance. And to top it off, since she was let go, she's learned they hired someone in her place who they're only paying 75 percent. Of what she earned. So this is this is clearly bad faith, and more importantly, it's clear that the company does not have just cause. What any regular listener of this show will know is that just cause is extremely difficult for an employer to establish, especially on the basis of performance. So this is someone who's going to be owed a substantial severance package, and in this case, this is someone who could be owed as much as fourteen or even fifteen months' pay, and that happens to be a six figure, severance, entitlement. We're going to be involved and help her get what she's owed. So very important for listeners to remember that just because your employer says it does not make it so. It may be very intimidating. It may be overwhelming, especially if it's an employer you've known for many years. But speak to an employment lawyer privately, confidentially. Let's talk about it.
1: What's uh, matter number two you got cooking, pal? So matter number two uh,
2: involves a 45-year-old employee who was let go after 10 years working, uh, as a sales representative for a technology consulting company. She had some declining sales, but in this case, the employer had the sense to terminate her employment without cause, okay? And they offered her a severance package of what they said was 12 months pay. Hmm, okay, so now you may be thinking, well, 12 months pay, that's a pretty reasonable severance package, and, and normally that that would be a pretty good severance package, except they paid it on the basis of her base salary only. And uh-huh. her base salary was only 30% of her annual remuneration. So in actuality, the severance package that was offered to her was not 12 months pay. It was worth less than four months pay. And that is a terrible severance package for this person. Very important for people to know that when you are looking at a severance package, with few exceptions, you are entitled to all components of your compensation. So we need to look at salary, we need to look mm-hmm. at bonuses. We need to look at commissions. We need to look at any v- taxable vehicle allowances. Anything you received as a personal benefit, all of this has to be accounted for in your severance package. And we are going to make sure that this so-called you know 12-month offer, and you can't see me right now, but I'm using air quotes, uh, <laughs> actually accounts for her full compensation, not 30% of it.
1: That's why you call outside the hour of the show. Get a hold of John and his team, and maybe something you didn't even realize and something owed to you. The common law is heavily uh, weighed in your favor, but if you don't know about it, you're going to remain ignorant, and you could be passing up on a lot of uh, a lot of benefits. Financial, of course, being one of those. Right now, Mitch, thanks for standing by. How are you today? I'm very well. Great show, fellas. Oh, thanks, man. What do you got? Uh, you. What do you got in mind? Uh, well, turn sixty-six Monday, which is great. Congrats. Certain, thank you.
3: Certain circumstances at home and. Uh, and a little bit of enlightenment has
1: made me decide that I'd like to finish up project I'm on middle of the summer when it gets finished up. I mentioned this to my employer, and they've come back with a, an earlier date, basically saying, "Here's when you're going." So my feeling is that uh, I would be the one choosing my retirement date, not them. So if I'm being basically let go earlier, I'm wondering if I'm entitled to a severance. Great question. Package. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: you know this is this is a a, a tricky issue. We we hear about this a lot, actually. So now you've given them a date by which you are going to be uh, effectively resigning. It's a retirement, but you're 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 leaving, right? You've told them by a certain date you're going to leave. Okay, that's right. Yes. And how much earlier than that are they going to be letting you go? It's about three months. Three months. Okay. And how long have you been there?
1: Fifteen years.
2: Fifteen years. Okay. Well, in this circumstance, because you have given them note effectively notice of resignation, you would call it retirement, but but you know, for legal purposes, we say it's a resi- notice of resignation. You're not going to be entitled to the same severance as if they just let you go, right? Because you've right. told them that you're, you know, you're not going to be looking for work. You're 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 finishing up. However, um you are still entitled to be paid. For the period in which you gave them notice of resignation, as long as that is not greater than what your termination entitlements would be otherwise. So all this to say, um, I I think there is likely going to be a basis to say that, okay, I mean, if they're not going to require you to work during that extra three-month period, that's their prerogative. They can do that, uh, but they can't deprive you of the pay that you would have earned during that period um, because that is clearly – Shorter than the notice of termination they would otherwise owe to you, right? So, if you had told them I'm retiring in five years and they let you go earlier, would they have to pay you for the full five years? Well, no, right? And that's just something for people in general to to know. It's it's you don't you don't get a guaranteed pay just because you give a long payout. But if it's only a three month period and you've been there for fifteen years, uh, chances are your termination entitlements are going to be much greater than that anyway. So you won't be entitled to that, but you'll be entitled. Be paid for those three months. So give us a call and let's let's make sure that we, we get you paid for that time um, that they're they're cutting you off early.
1: We very much appreciate the information. We'll be in touch. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Mitch. And you know how to do that. If I didn't give you that uh, that number already, here is how that goes: one eight five five eight two one. 5900, 1 821 5900 is uh, the way I want to reach out to John after the show. For you as well, if you're catching the show today, we'd love to have you uh, call in and ask your questions uh, just like that. Did we get to uh, both? We got to both uh, week that was, did we not? We did. We right? did. Yeah, we, we did. did. Okay, Indeed. let's move on, pal. Okay, in between the calls, again, everything you need to know about medical leaves. This is an important topic, especially over COVID, uh, over the last couple of years for sure. But um, first point is this, John. How long – there's some confusion here. How long can somebody be away for work, uh, from work for medical reasons?
2: Right. and And, you know, employers can be forgiven here because there is so much – Uh, confusion on this topic there's so many sources of confusion on this topic right so there's the employment standards act which has a fixed period of time uh, for sick for sick leaves which quite frankly in my opinion never made a lot of sense um because people are going to be sick as long as they're going to be sick and that is in fact not the answer Okay, there is uh, the period in which someone is receiving long term disability benefits, uh, which is a totally separate entitlement from your entitlement to have your job protected, to have your job waiting for you. Um, And the reality is that this is governed by uh, human rights code protection. Right. Disability is defined very, very broadly. Um, it doesn't include it doesn't include uh, kind of uh, uh, transient illnesses, like, for example, if you have, uh, you know, a cold or bronchitis. But if you have something that's really, you know, chronic and ongoing, um, the chances are that's going to be uh, whether it's a, a psychological or a physiological, chances are that's going to count as a disability. And if you have a disability, um, then you have a right to have your job held for you. Until and unless it becomes clear, you're really never going to go back uh, or at least never going to go back in the foreseeable future. So if you have an illness um, or a condition that is medical in nature, again, psychological or physiological, uh, because we, you know, we really do have an epidemic of, of uh, mental illness, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, and these things are protected. Um uh, and they have to be taken seriously. So very important for employees and employers to know this, that the, that you have a right to have your job healthy. You may not be have a right to be paid during that time, uh, because unless you have uh, sick days, uh, then typically those, those are going to be unpaid leaves, but they cannot fire you during that time. And if they do, you're going to be owed severance, and it's going to be very likely a human rights violation in addition.
1: I think some of the confusion just before we get to a break here, John, in a minute, is that employers, and I guess employees alike, they confuse how many sick days you have to how many days you may need off to be sick. Two different things, right?
2: Well, that, that, that's right. So you may have paid sick days. And when right. those paid sick days elapse, then you have to either go to government benefits or private disability benefits. And that really is your only recourse. Your employer's responsibility to pay you uh, may lapse at that point. But they still have to hold your job. They still have to hold your job. They may not be paying you, but they cannot say you're done. Those are two very different things.
1: And with that, we'll take our first break and get right back into the show. Stand by. You're
0: listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: All righty, right back at our schools here along with John Pincus, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, represented by John here with his team, always ready and willing to uh, to have a chat with you and take care of your matter. Even if it's just a couple questions you want to ask outside the hour of the show, it's always uh, available to you. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address, and the phone number uh, going forward, one the uh, the website too. I want to remind you of this, and you can uh, you can use this anonymously and for absolutely free. Of course, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. All the benefits of what we talk about on the show are covered on that website. Easy to navigate. You also have access to the free severance calculator, which does exactly that. Over 2 million of us in this country, 2 million, have used that severance calculator and realized uh, what we should be owed, and hopefully not too late to pull the trigger on the uh, correct amount of severance you should be uh, having in your pocket, courtesy of the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website. Uh, we are talking about everything you need to know about medical leaves. Point number two is this. Does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information and diagnosis as opposed to prognosis? Right, John? What do you think?
2: Yeah, So the answer here is really yes and no. Your employer is certainly entitled to have certain medical information over the course of your medical leave, but rarely are they going to be entitled to your diagnosis. What what they're typically going to be entitled to is your prognosis, because in almost all cases, that is going to be all the information they need in order to plan. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about how long are you going to be off? Is there a prospect that you may uh, that you may return because if there isn't a prospect that you may return, uh, then your employment may become what's called frustrated. In which case, you get only your minimum entitlements to severance. So that the, the employer is entitled to know that in terms of whether they have to hold your job. The employer is entitled to know that if and when you're coming back. When is that going to be? Because they're likely going to have uh, to have someone temporarily take on your duties. So they need to be able to plan that, and they need to know. Finally. Are you going to need accommodations when you come back? What are those accommodations going to look like? Are they something that is actually feasible for them to provide? And what kind of planning are they going to have to make on their end uh, to provide that? But what they're not entitled to know, you know, they're not entitled to get all your doctor's clinical notes. There is, uh, you know, a reasonable t- expectation on your part that. You only give them the information they need in order to plan. So usually that means either a letter from your doctor or a uh, what we often call a a functional abilities form or a cognitive evaluation form uh, if it's a psychological issue. But they're not entitled to simply say, oh, I want to see your chart, you know, something like that, that that they don't have that kind of, of right just because you've taken a medical leave.
1: Yeah, not their business. If you're going for a hip replacement or chemo, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that the function of operating a business on there, and that's all that really concerns them, right? That's right. And and again, it's very important to keep in
2: mind the difference between your employer and the disability provider. Now, sometimes those lines are a bit blurred because sometimes the disability provider is internal to the employer, and there's often a lot of coordination between the two. But things that your disability provider may be entitled to are not necessarily things that your employer is entitled to because the disability provider is entitled to the information to, as, as, you know, as you'll hear from me on our, our other show, um, mm-hmm. in order to determine whether you are eligible under the policy. Um, not so, uh, with your employer.
1: Gerald, thanks for taking the time. How are you?
2: I'm well, thank you. How are you?
1: Good, sir. What's, uh, what's your question?
2: I was just wondering, I've read
4: different things online, um, for companies with 50 or more employments, they have a... Sp-
1: so got Gerald. Oh, we lost Gerald. Gerald called us back. I think he was asking about the size of the employer when it comes to severance, possibly, you know, the 2.5 million or a certain number of employees. John, what do you think about that?
2: Well, uh, hopefully we get Gerald back on because that, that yep. sounded like a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so there's, uh, I mean, the 50 or more employees, it's, it's interesting he mentioned 50. 50 or more employees becomes relevant um, if um, uh, there's what's called a mass termination right? And there are certain minimum entitlements in Ontario that have to be paid uh, where there's 50 or more employees terminated and they represent more than 10% of the workforce. And so there's all kinds of rules around that. But again, for individuals, you know, for people wondering about their own severance, that's not something you really need to think about uh, in, in most cases, right? That's more something the employer has to worry about. What you have to worry about is your full entitlements because for almost everyone who's listening, um, that is what you're going to be entitled to, the full common law amount, the amount that you find on the pocket employment lawyer on the severance pay calculator. Um, so whether the employer has two point, a payroll of $2.5 million or more, and whether the employer has let go more than 10% of their workforce, more than 50 employees, um, that is very well could have consequences for your minimum entitlements, uh, mm. positive consequences for you. Right. Um, but for your full entitlements, which is what we really care about here, um, that's that's really not going to have an impact. So this this notion that, well, my employer is a small employer or they haven't let go that many people. So maybe I'm not entitled that much severance. That is a myth. And, and don't get drawn into that. Speak to us so we can walk you through your full entitlements, or at the very least, go to the pocket employment lawyer. Go to the severance pay calculator and see what you're actually
1: owed in the circumstances. Joe, appreciate that. If you got a moment, if that answers your question, if you're still listening, uh, good. If not, feel free to call us back. What happens, and another common question you get, John, what happens to the employee's job while they're on the medical leave? Do they have to uh, you know, regularly update their employee on their condition? I mean, we're talking more than if you're off for a couple of weeks, right?
2: Right, it's always a good idea to keep your employer apprised. Now, employers have to be very careful because what the law holds is just because you don't hear from your employee does not mean that you can treat their employment as abandoned. But at the same time, if you're an employee and you are not responding at all and you are disappearing for months and months at a time, you're putting yourself at risk, right? And and totally unnecessarily because what you can all, all you really need to do is send a very quick note to your employer saying, hey, I have a doctor's appointment on this date. You go to your doctor's appointment or your, your medical specialist. It doesn't have to be your GP. Whoever it is that you're seeing, you get an update, uh, you uh, make sure that you have an update that you're comfortable sharing with your employer. Uh, so again, maybe not including diagnostic information, but, but prognostic information and send that to your employer on a regular basis. Keep a record of that so you can show that you kept your employer apprised. Uh, uh, and because uh, if you don't, then you are, you're endangering your severance and, and so needlessly. So don't fall into that trap.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of just, you know, if there's any updated information or return date from your doctor, let them know that. But just check in and say, you know, still here, still trying to get better, looking forward to coming back. So, uh, you know, keep my seat warm, right?
2: That's right. And the worst thing that you can do as an employee is to not respond to your employer reaching out to you. That is when you really start to uh, endanger your severance if your employer is sending you emails and saying uh, you know I, we need an update we need to know what's going on now if your employer is being unreasonably aggressive then maybe you want to speak to an employment lawyer to help you You walk through that I know it can be very stressful it can be very uh, anxiety provoking especially if your medical leave is due to stress or due yeah. to anxiety so so I, I we get that but um, do yourself a favor and if your employer is reaching out to you, respond and try and respond as promptly as possible, because, you know, what what, what often happens, what, what I've seen before is an employee says, well, I didn't respond, but I just I was under so much stress. I was under so much anxiety. Uh, I, I I couldn't. And certainly that's an argument that we can make, but you don't want to be in that position. You really don't want to be in that position. So if you're if you're really having difficulty doing that, then speak to an employment lawyer and and, and get the support you need so you don't lose your
1: entitlements. Everything you need to know about medical leaves is what we're talking about. So what should someone do, John, if they aren't approved for disability coverage, their LTD or their claim is cut off? Happens all the time. It's the other half of the hallway where you work, of course, is the disability side handling all this. But uh, briefly, what do you think about it?
2: Well, uh, listen to the Disability Law Show. It's a good start. (laughs) Speak to a, a disability lawyer. Uh, focus on getting your long-term disability coverage Ltd coverage uh, but you know for our purposes what we're talking about today which is your relationship vis-a-vis your employer vis-a-vis your workplace, mm-hmm. don't return to work if you're not ready. follow the advice of your doctor and, um, to a certain extent you should be sharing that advice with your employer so they know that you're, you know, that this is actually medically substantiated. But just because the disability provider, whether it's internal to your employer or it's one of the external, you know, large insurance companies, just because they say you are not entitled to receive disability benefits, which often, as as any listeners of the disability law show know, is often not in fact the case, right? That's often not true, even in and mm-hmm. of itself. But even if it is true, that does not mean that you have lost the right to have your job held for you while you stay on a medical leave. Listen to your medical professionals.
1: Yeah, disability law show for sure on this on this station, of course. And uh, you know that that that's a reason why that's the other half of what the firm does where you work, John, San to market, is because those things are so they co-mingle so much. You know, you get somebody who's been told that they're being cut off or not approved for disability. And the employer gets wind of it, and says, "Well, you better come back to work then." No, 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 it doesn't work that way. As you said, your your doctor, your medical team are the uh, you know de facto gatekeepers of your health. What they say goes, and beyond that, again, make that same phone call, one 821 5900 But, uh, you know, an employee do, what should they do when they're ready to return to work from a medical leave? Now we're on the other end of that scale, so they've got approval from their doctor to at least try, maybe with some accommodation if needed, but they're ready to go back to work. What do they uh, what do? They do? The first thing you want to do is you want to
2: make sure that you have answered all the questions that your employer has asked of you uh, last, right? Make sure there's no lingering issues that your employer can say, well, we're not ready to bring you back. So if there's a, a form that your employer has asked you to fill out, assuming the form is appropriate, and again, if you have concerns, that's where you speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, but generally speaking, employers have, kind of know what they're allowed to ask, what they're not allowed to ask. They use pretty standardized forms that they may have, have from their resources or from their legal department, from their lawyers. So they'll, they'll generally know what it is they can ask you and make sure that you've answered those questions, provided they're appropriate, um, and then give as much information about your accommodation needs, if you have any, upon your return. And if your employer does not answer you and is not allowing your return back to work, then send them an email and send them an email in the same thread so that someone looking at it can see how many times you have tried contact them and can see their response or their lack of a response. And if your employer does not allow you to return to work or does not allow you to return to work with accommodations, that is definitely when you want to speak to an employment lawyer to look at your entitlement to severance uh, and possible human rights violations by the employer.
1: What happens if they say, okay, you can come back, but now you're not uh, working behind door number A. Uh, we got you down the hall. Door number B, it's a different job, but at least you're back.
2: Well, the, the question really depends is that necessary for your accommodations? Right. If you say, "Look, I, I cannot work in a managerial role anymore. It's just right. it's, it's too stressful for me. It's too anxiety provoking, and I I just I can't handle having to manage people," then your employer uh, will look for another position. They're obligated to see if they can you know if they can accommodate you in another position. And if they can, then you get placed in that position. You get the pay associated with that position. You get the responsibilities associated with that position, and that is perfectly legal if on the other hand you are let's say you know i, I always like the manager example because it's the most straightforward and you say uh, i am ready to go back to my position as manager and they say oh you are not going to be a manager because we have someone else covering that position right. and instead we're going to place you in a lower position that is clearly discriminatory clearly human rights violation um and uh, you're going to be entitled to your uh to your severance if it is a, a demotion such that it's a uh, you know dismissal.
1: Let's take a short pause, get right back to it. We're going to flip over the most common questions, uh, most common employee law, employment law questions rather than maybe a couple emails. We'll continue. Lots more employment law show is coming right up you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified
0: guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment
1: all righty welcome back yeah got lots of time john Scholes, john Pinkus alongside Sam Firu tamarkin llp the most positively reviewed law firm in the country Always encouraging you to reach out, have that conversation with John and his team with Employment Law Matters. could be something simple, more complex, something that's got you scratching your head. You can do that anytime, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website too, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that is available for you absolutely free of charge with access to that severance calculator, which was engineered and designed about uh, five or six years ago. And over 2 million Canadians have used it and got that number, which they are uh, boldly surprised by. That's severance number. So you can use that again at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Nick, thanks for uh, joining the show. Hanging on for a moment. How are you? Thank you. How are you? Good. What's on your mind?
3: Well, it's a a bit of a perplexing question we have because we feel like there might be a human rights issue here. But my wife is a nurse and accommodated. She's been injured, extensive injury over the years. And what has happened is that the, the – I wouldn't say it's public sector, but she's um, – they would remove hours or they would say there's no more accommodated space so that she doesn't get any hours. And if she doesn't work, she doesn't get paid. Now, what, what, what it feels like is almost like they're pushing together to take a package or get a payout. Because a year and a half ago, the same thing the union grieved it, and they won because she wasn't paid. But within, so this, the grievance just happened, or sorry, the the hearing just happened, and within a week after that award happened, she was issued a letter from the manager saying, uh, Your accommodation has ended in this section, and then there's no whisper quiet from HR and wellness and all those groups. In regards to her getting placed somewhere else, so my question is: This a human rights issue? Is this a um, a union to deal with this? It's just so stressful on us. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, very, yeah difficult very difficult situation.
1: Turn down your radio there, uh, Nick, if you can. Thanks, pal. Uh,
2: so the uh, the first thing that you should know is that with respect to any rights that she may have to severance, whether constructive dismissal or otherwise. That most certainly has to go through the union. So I would definitely continue to speak with the union about it. Um, unionized employees still do have access to the human rights tribunal. So you may want to give us a call about that. Um, but outside of that, there's there's um, any anything dealing with severance certainly has to go through the union. Uh, in terms of, you know, them removing hours and saying there's no more accommodated space. The the tricky part about that is it's based on information that you want to have access to, right? So uh, in the context of a human rights proceeding, we just have to know as part of that we would be entitled to find out um, what kinds of restraints they have that underlie these claims they're making that they can't accommodate. Um, And if those are true constraints, then it's not a human rights violation. Uh, But if they're not, then it would be discriminatory. And there would be an entitlement there, and uh, that could very well solve the issue that your wife is having at work. So... um, Definitely a complicated situation, especially because she's unionized. um, And for most unionized employees, you you really don't have the ability to go through a lawyer, but there is that ability still uh, to go through the human rights tribunal. So I would give us a call uh, when you can, so we can talk through this issue with you. All right, great. Thank you so much for taking our call.
1: Thanks, Nick, appreciate you uh, taking the time. And again, I, uh, I give you that number. You can reach out to John and have that conversation further. Any more questions? 1-855-821-5900 is how you do that. All right, most common law, most common employment law questions. I know you could have given me about 2,000 of these, but we get narrowed down to about a dozen or so. Uh, first one, you know, John, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, can my employer terminate my employment? In fact, they did terminate my employment and I, I, I don't think I did anything wrong. How can they do that? Yes,
2: yes, your employer can terminate your employment. But your employer has to give you either notice of termination, or they have to pay you severance, or in many cases, they have to do both. And if they don't do that, that's a wrongful dismissal. And there's a very understandable and a misconception around the words wrongful dismissal. Wrongful dismissal. You were wrong to dismiss me. Well, that's not actually what it means, although it seems like that. What it actually means is they were wrong in the way they dismissed you, right? They were wrong in that they did not pay you an adequate severance package. So uh, many people come to me and they say, you know, I I feel like I should have so many entitlements because they terminated me even though um, I got such a great performance review. Well, that in and of itself doesn't uh, give rise to an entitlement. In fact, even if your employer says we're terminating you for performance, and in Mm -hmm. fact, they're not terminating you for performance, all of the things being equal.
1: Doesn't matter. Yeah, a uh, motive
2: or or yeah. something like that. it doesn't matter.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so um, that's that's really what we're we're, we're concerned about. And uh, so again, short answer: Can your employer terminate your employment? Uh, the answer is yes.
1: Second question is: Is how much severance should I get? I'm going to lob an easy one over the plate for you, pal. How much severance do I get?
2: <laughs> well, we've got severancepaycalculator.com. <laughs> we've got the Pocket Employment Lawyer, which you can look up. Uh, and what are we generally looking at? We're looking at your age. We're looking, the older you are, generally, more severance you're going to be entitled to. Your position, generally, the higher your position, the more severance you're going to be entitled to. Your years of service, of course, the longer you're employed somewhere, that's going to give rise to a longer severance settlement. But we look at other things as well. And these are mm-hmm. things that you want to discuss with an employment lawyer. Uh, Were you a new mother or pregnant at the time of termination? Uh, That's going to lead to a higher severance entitlements. Uh, Were you uh, earning higher than would normally be received for that kind of role? Were you subject to some kind of uh, non-competition agreement? Now, those are falling by the wayside because those are illegal in Ontario, but but, uh, some of them are still kicking around. Do you live in a remote area where it's more difficult to find work, where you may have to travel a great distance? That is an argument for longer severance. So it's really not a mathematical exercise. It's an exercise that really has to be walked through with a lawyer, with the help of a lawyer, uh, so we can determine what the range that you could be entitled to
1: based on how long you reasonably expect to be out of work get Alvin on the air here before we uh, take a short break. Hey Alvin, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Go ahead.
4: Okay. Uh, three weeks ago, my son was, uh, assaulted by, uh, three, uh, two people in a, a car jumped out of his car and pistol whipped my son, uh, in the head while he was uh, pulling back into the yard where he works. So a doctor gave him a week off. He had a, a concussion and, um, he came back to work after a week. It was supposed to be on a Friday, and uh, they emailed him before he even got to work that the company had closed down. I don't know if it had anything to do with his assault, but, um, yeah, the company closed down, and I don't know what uh, rights he has now. He's still not feeling great, you know, because uh, it was attacked like that, so he's, he's still got some trauma that way.
2: Wow, wow. What, what a terrible series of events. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, really. um really really awful uh so if the company has closed down um and they're not returning him and he's able to return you know maybe with some accommodations but he is able to return and they're just saying well we're shut down um he's going to have now that's not going to be human rights violation right because in that case everybody's
4: gone the company everybody's gone Yeah.
2: yeah so the only question here is really severance but, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. Your, your timing is good because to the point that I was just making, you know, the fact that your son has this uh, really what I would characterize as a form of disability um, is is going to allow him to say, well, it's going to take me longer to find a new job because of that. And that gives rise to a longer severance entitlement. Uh, right. So the, the, the most important question in this circumstance is what's the state of the company? Right. Has it? Is it insolvent? You know,
4: they, sorry sort of interrupt, but they've already sent them a letter about uh, severance, and I told them. You know, I listen to your show all the time, and I told them mm. don't sign anything yet. They can't force yeah. you within a certain period of time because I listen to you guys.
2: <laughs> so, so Alvin, how long has your son been employed there?
4: Uh, at least a couple years, a little over two years.
2: Okay, and what's what's his job there?
4: he was a driver for it's a moving company they do uh moves for different companies setting up um, equipment and office stuff and
1: um and he's they, a they
4: relatively as well as drive. so he's the Relative... driver and he has t- two guys working with him
2: okay relatively young guy yeah he's 28 years old okay so i would say you know normally i would say that the entitlement here is is probably two to three months but in light of your your condition i'd say probably about three to four months pay uh so what did they offer him um it looked like four weeks yeah so that that's not an adequate severance package and i would i would definitely uh, uh encourage your son to give us a call and you can you can join the yeah, call I've with left, him
4: i left my uh, email with your uh, staff there so Beautiful. perfect so maybe, perfect he's get back to me and appreciate that
1: yeah you will make sure that happens Yeah, we sure will. And we'll take uh, one more short break, but uh, we'll get to it right now and continue with our uh, most common employment law questions. We've still got some time right here on the Employment Law Show. Hang on.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
1: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for hanging in here. Still some minutes to go in between the phone calls. Get back to our most common employment law questions. John Pinkus, your lawyer on the show today, reaching out to John after the show. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employment lawyer dot ca use that email anytime you would like pino thanks for hanging on how are you hey guys good morning how are you yeah buddy we're uh, we're chilling what's uh, what's on your mind
5: uh, awesome question i have a small business uh and i had an employee i have a couple employees that work for me one of the employees said to me uh pino what do you care as long as the work is getting done i was asking her to do things a certain way it's just one one, right? i was asking her to do things a certain way and she was refusing to do it And um, we have certain processes on how we do things and her response was, no, what do you care as long as the work is getting done, right? Mm -hmm. So is that grounds for dismissal, termination? Like, how do I handle that as a a business owner when an employee refuses to do things that I ask her to do?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's certainly insubordination. Insubordination can be cause for termination, but usually not after one incident. So um, often what you want to consider doing, especially if you want to try and salvage the employment relationship, which is always cheaper to do, right, than, than hiring right. someone new, uh, is right. issue a written warning, right, to make it very clear that, look, this is just not going to be tolerated. And if and if she continues to do that, uh, even right. after you've issued a written warning, uh, then right. repeated insubordination can be cause for dismissal, which can relieve you of your obligation to pay severance. Now, that, that's hard to do, right. but in the face of warnings, uh, insubordination is is taken seriously, so that's the approach I'd recommend, and it's something that uh, I, I've I've assisted companies with. So uh, do feel free to 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 call us if please you'd like some guidance. It, but but mainly, what you want to do is you want to get you want to get that out in writing. You want to have a record that right. you've sent it to her. So I sometimes you give it to her in person, and then email it to her and put her on right. notice that you know this is not acceptable, uh, and you have a right as an employer to determine how you want the affairs of the business run.
5: Okay. What is the definition of insubordination? What exactly does that mean? Like, well, Can you simplify that for me, please?
2: Yeah. So the insubordination is a direct refusal to uh, follow a lawful and reasonable directive from the, from the employer. So if this is how you want the job done. And it's consistent with, you know, the the kind of role that she has. I mean, if you're asking to do something that clearly falls outside her job duties, that's one thing, right? But if you're asking her to do her job in a certain way and she refuses to do it just because she doesn't like doing it that way, well, then she's, you know, what the law looks at is, well, then she's not playing ball here, right? She's not cooperating with the employment relationship and you as an employer shouldn't have to continuously tolerate that.
5: Okay, so what I should have done is I should have written her a letter and documented it and put that in her file and 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 you know and let her know that this is not tolerable. We do, we don't we don't do this here, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily too late to do it. How long ago had, did this happen?
5: Oh, she's since moved on. Uh, we we clearly oh, okay. were not on the same page in terms of uh, in terms of work, and she's decided to move on. Uh, I thankfully, yeah. And uh, but I, I I think I was too lenient. I was uh, too forgiving and and uh, just wanting it to work out, but. Uh, I didn't want to terminate anyone. I, you know, I want to try and give people the benefit well, of the doubt,
2: right? You, you, you actually may have made uh, surprisingly. You actually may have made the the, the perfect move there because if she, if she quit, it sounds like she quit, right?
5: Yeah, she she resigned. That yeah. is
2: that is by far the cheapest solution to the problem. Yes, because then you don't Agreed. have to. It, it's always difficult to establish cause if someone if someone just quits because you know they kind of see the writing on the wall. That's always a yeah. better position for you as an employer. So you, right. you you actually you actually ended up in a good position for what it's worth. I dodged the bullet. Okay, thank you for your time, guys. Have a great weekend. Stay
1: safe. You too. You know, thanks, pal. Again, if you want to reach out for any other uh, conversation uh, with John, you could do so. You probably got the number, but just in case, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and help at lawyer dot is, uh, is how you do that. We were talking about the most common employment law question. So, um, you know, this, this severance offer I got, I'm starting to panic a little bit here, John. It's got an end date on the end of it. I, I got to be have it back by a certain date. What should I do?
2: Well, the first thing you should know is that every termination letter, every single one is going to have a deadline. Yeah. Rare, Well, I shouldn't say every single one. There's always exceptions, but let's say 95% of them. And and that, I think, is a pretty fair estimate from the hundreds of termination letters I see every year, including ones I've written myself. Uh, I always (sighs) put them in because the employers like you, right? They're people just like you. They don't want this to linger. They want closure. They want to get this done. What's the reality? The reality is you have two years from the date you have received your notice of termination. Two years. Don't want to wait two years. You don't want to wait one year. You probably don't want to wait one month. You want to deal with it as soon as you can. But unless they're making an amazing severance offer to you, unless it's an offer that you really should accept, then that deadline is meaningless. So should you speak to an employment lawyer before the deadline? Yeah, that's always a good idea because maybe it's a really good severance offer. Maybe you should be taking it. Chances are it's not. Uh, And and as soon as that severance offer is assessed by an employment lawyer to be not something you should accept, that deadline is totally meaningless.
1: And with that, we are wrapping up for another day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your phone calls and correspondence. You can continue that conversation after the weekend with John, one 855 821 5,900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always that website first, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show. Have a great weekend. The preceding was a paid commercial
0: program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.